you are listening to the Kinetic Man Podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm David. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living a life defined by uncommon action that is full of purpose, adventure, and meaningful relationships. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours and together achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to leave the potential life behind and become kinetic men. And one of the things that David and I love most about podcasting is the incredible conversations and the advice that we get from our guests. Honestly, I truly believe it's the one thing that has made the most impact on me for my personal growth. What you may not realize is that David and I oftentimes get a ton of free advice before and after the show, spanning from different topics between investing, parenting advice, how to create an epic marriage, health tips and tricks, and much, much more. Unfortunately for you listeners, we've been a bit selfish and we haven't shared all of that sage advice with you guys, but that's coming to an end. Over the past three months, we've started to ask and record this one question to all of our podcast guests. What is the one action step that you recommend taking to level up in your business and in your personal life? And the answers have been life-changing. So the question is, would you be interested in hearing those same answers? We're calling it Leveling Up with TKM, and we want to share it with you. Only for $2 a month, you'll get four recorded videos every month in your inbox um, with those answers to the question that, that we just asked. And here's how you get it. Go to thekineticman.com backslash level up. Again, that's thekineticman.com backslash level up. Sign up today, get those videos and go take uncommon action. Hey, so I'm super excited. Well, I'm, 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 I'm excited. See, Stu's trying to jump in, you but I want to make sure I, I want to make sure I intro this. So I'm excited, but I'm equal parts shocked, right, Kevin? And, and here's the thing. One, I'm super excited because uh, dad voted Awesome book. I've got this thing all dog-eared up and notes and and wow. uh, I destroyed it. Um, but but so much, so much rich content in there. But also you and Stu spoke to set this up, and I'm actually shocked that after speaking to Stu, that you agreed to come on the show. Like I, I'm I'm curious, I, I'm intrigued how that could happen. I, it was a, a low moment for a first-time author, I guess. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh, you know, I I, uh, I'm more interested in you and hanging out with David on this call. So I mean, if Stuart's a byproduct, we'll let him, we'll let him chime in here and there, I guess. Are, are you, are you trying to just uh, team up because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a belt and tiger and you're the a belt and, He's a belt and tiger grew up 12 minutes from where I grew up. Isn't that crazy? Oh, really? Competing high schools. And, uh, yeah, we hated them and they try to date our girls, all the things, right? That's all. It's true. All, that that's is, true. that is a true statement. We did try to date the temple girls. Yep. For sure. Oh, what uh, I forget what what year did you graduate from? Two thousand. Two thousand. Okay, so you were. So you guys uh, might have played against each other, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. We absolutely oh. did. I probably huh. made his. I probably uh, he probably made our highlight video of somebody you know dominating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude, we, we got we got crushed by Temple uh, in in football pretty much every single year. So, but baseball, we we that's, we kicked butt in baseball. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, that's uh, funny. Kevin, man, it's it's good to have you on. Uh, I I do like to hear the uh, the Texas accent, um, and it's 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 good to have a fellow Texan on. I I, I it's funny. My mom actually got me some uh, socks for my birthday, and they were uh, they were Texas socks. There you go. And, and I said to my mom, I was like, Mom, I live in Colorado now. We're we're Coloradans, and she's like, No, honey, you will always be a Texan. <laughs> And so she had to remind me of, of that identity. But uh, hey, let's get into it, man. Um, yeah. 
give us a little bit of background about uh, about who you are, uh, what you do, and then what's this whole dad voted thing all about? Yeah, man, love it. Well, first of all, my my two boys were born in California soil, and so that's they've used that against me before and and made the comment. But we're I'm like, no, you're Texans. And uh, two bleach blonde boys, man. They so they love your boys. I love your boys. Where in California? So it's strong. That's a good. It's a good rivalry. And I would say that I'm 100 on the California side of that rivalry. There you go. Um, Yeah, I had a stint right out of school and uh, spent about nine, ten years on uh, in California, a year in Arizona, and then and uh, the the balance in in Sacramento. Cover that that whole market. But yeah, so we're, we're in the Houston. We're in the Houston area. So my wife, Keely, and I, we met at our freshman year at Baylor, and uh, I grew up in Central Texas. She grew up in the suburbs of Houston, and right out of school, we hightailed it out. Uh, I spent a year in Phoenix, and then the balance in um, in California, and and really nine years or so, and and really have been in the flooring business, been a business guy, uh, 19, going on 20 years, man, if you can believe that. Of, of of running different businesses on the flooring uh, space. Today, I'm a, the general manager of a, of a company, uh, was a family-owned business as of a few months ago, got bought out by uh, a division of Home Depot. So we've seen some crazy, crazy things happen. And uh, so businessman by trade run a crazy construction business, uh, small, high transaction, multifamily apartments is, uh, is what I do and uh, by day. Uh, but my family, my wife and I married... 18, 17, 18 years now, and two boys. Just got a, I got a teenager in the house as as of last week. So that's that's huge. And uh, his name is Keaton, and then Court is a is a ten year old. Two complete opposite kids, which is awesome. One is acting and art, and the other is uh, is one hundred percent. If it's got a ball, he's playing uh, the sport. And then they they dabble and swim to keep him in shape. Uh, but we're in the throes of life. I mean, it's my wife. Uh, stays. Uh, she was working in preschool capacity through our church. She's now go- going back to get her master's. She's got a calling to counsel people, and so she's been um, she's been running and gunning in that area. And uh, like I said, my 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 day job is that I run a business. But I woke up. I mean, I'll, I'll dive into the meat of it. I uh, I woke up in the middle of the pandemic and had this calling. Um, to, and well, actually, the, I woke up in the middle of the pandemic in May, and I felt the Lord tell me I'm going to show up big this year. And I'm going, how? Right? How? How can you show up big? My business is down thirty percent. I just laid off thirty percent of my staff. Uh, my income's down this year. I'm working. Uh, I, I'm not near my team. We're drinking every night on the street. It's just a. It's a frat party. How can you show up big? But during that time, my my quiet time was still rich. And I went back and started looking at journal entries and I saw the Lord showed up uh, every time through a life change, through a new kid, through moving from California to Texas. And I I just had that sense of like, wow, I got a lot of things to teach my boys. Time's ticking, right? At the time, a couple to three years ago, what we had a a 10 year old and a seven year old. So I'm going, okay, I got eight more years to teach practical things, foundational things, spiritual things to my boys. And I'm running behind. And I told my wife, I said, look, this, I'm writing a bunch of stuff and this could become a book, but who writes books? I mean, I'm not an author. I'm a, I'm a flooring guy, right? I'm a business guy. And uh, she said, well, just keep pressing in. So fast forward through the year, we get to December and I wake up kind of at a frantic. I said, Keely, it's December 1st. The Lord says he's going to show up. So I believe he's going to show up. So I'm going to fast for 10 days from alcohol. Alcohol was kind of what was holding me back was the one thing I would think of if anything was ever bringing me down. It was always 
reverted back to uh, guilt and shame regarding regarding alcohol. And and so I um, fast for 10 days. Nothing happens. We go another 10 days. Um, I've continued fasting and we go to a wedding and first big venue. You almost have to put yourself back into that mindset of like 150 people, tables packed. Um, some people cautious, a lot of Texans, not very cautious. Uh, but we, we got in and we sit at this table and dinner's happening. And, um, it's one other couple, it's a Nigerian couple, full headdress, very COVID conscious, eating under their mask. They wouldn't, uh, hard to understand. And every table's packed, loud music. My wife and I, this is weird. And so we, we finally break the ice and we, we get to the end of the dinner and the lady looks at me and she goes, you're going to write a book. And it's going to impact the kingdom. And uh, I looked at my wife and I said, is that the Lord showing up big? You got to remember, this is somebody who, who writes books, right? And, uh, and so that was the very, very start journey of my calling to write. Uh, now, the journey to Dad Voted took place um, over about a year and a half of a lot of disobedience and a lot of fighting, uh, fighting one foot in the world, one foot all in with Jesus. And that, that was really, really my struggle was living to please people, living to please the Lord. One foot in the world, one foot all in for Christ. And uh, went on this fabulous journey of a year and a half of doing, a year, 10 months of doing nothing, complete disobedience. My kid's calling me out on it. I got it kind of cool. Like, hey, dad, what, where are we at in the book? And I'm going, I haven't even started the book. A lot of lot of thoughts and going through the process. And and uh, I know y'all got a lot of questions, but just to kind of f- filter through the, the, the meat of the story here, um, I had a couple more divine appointments um, where I called a mentor, old mentor of mine said, Bob, I'm a mess. My career stinks right now. Toxic leadership in place. And I've got this calling. And he texts me back immediately. I hadn't seen him in four or five years. He said, I'll be at your church tomorrow. We already had plans to come. So divine appointment number two, you know, divine appointment one at the, uh, the Nigerian couple, divine appointment two, Bob, divine appointment three um, happened at my office where an employee knows my calling and says, Kevin, you know your calling and your purpose and you're being disobedient. Do you know how many people, even believers, will walk this whole face of this earth, earth and never even know their purpose? What is holding you back? And I said, Antoine, it's it's alcoholism. It stems in my family. It's coming through. It's 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 the enemy has his claws in me. He said, you've got to end it. I get in my car, turn on my podcast. My podcast says attacking tomorrow's episode attacking the curses of generational sin. So again, just another another nudge. The next morning I'm listening to the podcast, Antoine texts me and says, the door to drinking must end with you or it will continue onto your boys. And that was the biggest, most uh, thing that was, that was gut-wrenching. And that was May. I still went two or three more months. Finally, I called a buddy, accountability partner. I said, I'm going to document every day I drink and how many drinks I have. I mean, it sounds awful. It's a shared spreadsheet, man. But I literally wrote in the spreadsheet every day and he would report back to me. And, and it was awful. It was awful to see it on paper. And I um, I checked into a, a, a faith-based recovery program, 12-step program on August 22nd. And I think we're sitting at 458 days, man, today of clean, sober, and uh, and and just this pure trajectory that's changed the course of my family and, and my life. And, and the final piece to that, which is where Dad Voted was created, is I started writing and, and I had about 10% of a manuscript when I started uh, that uh, that faith-based recovery program. 
And it was good. I was like, I said, man, this is good. But when you write, when you're drinking at night and you're hungover in the morning and you're still, I'm answering the bell, still running a high powered business. Nobody knows that I have this secret other than my wife. And the Lord told me to wait. I said, okay, I can wait. On day 40 of sobriety, he gives me the word dad voted. And I said, dad voted, what does that mean? Dad voted, developing devoted dads. I'm like, huh. So I Google it three days later, I was scared to death and domain pops up by the domain a week later, boom, I'm meeting with a trademark lawyer. I'm trademarking it. Four months later, we have a finished book, a published manuscript, finished manuscript to the publisher. Four more months later, we have a book and and that's dad voted. And, and man, the last piece to this is what's so cool is I just was trying to get the name of a book. And the Lord said, I'm not going to give you the name of a book. I'm going to give you uh, your mission. I'm going to give you a movement. I'm going to give you a ministry, however you want to call it. And now we're we're off and running with uh, with Dad Voted, man. So I know that's a crazy long drawn out story to get you from A to B, but but that's the how the creation of Dad Voted came to be. I love that, man. That that is, uh, you know, because your book doesn't necessarily go into all, all the 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 backstory that you just gave us unnecessarily. So I, I love that, and I think it's you know. It's a it's a journey of uh, faith, and we just were talking. You know, I just told you we were talking to to another author, and one of the things he said before he got off, he talked about pruning, and things have to go away, oh, yes, and, and in order for things to come, you know, to, to come to fruition, and and for to to really see the true fruit. And yeah. the idea of something so big, you know, not only so big as drinking and what a power and a, a stronghold it had on you, but the generational impact as a dad and the example and breaking that for your ideally breaking that for your kids. And they see you walk through that and you're, you know, you're obviously uh, very honest with them. I'm sure with, with that aspect of your life as well, uh, man, what a, what an equipping of, of the future, future good night uh, line, man. That's, that's, that's incredible. So kudos yeah. to you. And, and also thank God that you did write it, right. That yeah. you, that you did put this book out. And you said in the book, I think you mentioned you have uh, two more in in draft. Is that true? Yeah, I've got a, uh, so I end the book on a concept about legacy and, and that now is stemming to its own book. It's, it started as a keynote and the more I give the keynote, the more I build into it. So I'm writing book number two. I'm um, about a third of the way through the, the manuscript right now. And, and you talk about bearing fruit. I'm reading right now about pruning, man, because I was in that stage of discipline being disciplined, going from that uh, journey of, of finding my calling, walking in my calling, and then now I'm in a, a state of pruning, and that's uh, that's part of that abiding the vine, the fruit, and pruning is is a part of it's more discomfort than discipline, and it's it's so that you can bear more fruit. So right now, and it's so cool, I, I kind of my process, and I write about this in the new book is a it's a it's a shift and I, I shift matters i don't know we can you know i'm trying to play on words of different things but it's a shift from um foolish to fullness and fullness to fruitfulness and so there's a there's kind of a three-prong approach that i'm i'm working through and the word fullness jumped out at me the other day in, in scripture um and it talks about uh uh, uh, the fullness of Christ, the full God's fullness, God's fullness of Christ, and then our fullness, and it's being complete or whole. And so it's kind of that foolish to fullness that you're complete, and then that full of uh, fullness to fruitfulness. Hard to say, and that's where that's the trajectory I'm on right now. And 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 then just to back back up, you know, I of course type A driver like most of us, successful want to be. I I want to see millions of men reached by this. Um, uh, the Lord has told me it's going to be massive, but he didn't tell me when, um, 
And the cool thing is, is one person's been changed and, and you're looking at them and it's changed the trajectory of my kids. And we have those open conversations about my past and the journey and, and where I, where I failed. And, and man, our family unit is completely 180 changed um, at the most prominent time of having a 13 year old and a 10 year old to drive them into manhood, man. So it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Hey, Kevin, do you mind going to going into a little bit more detail on that, just the change that you've seen and the impact that's been made, you know, on your, on your spouse and on your kids. Yeah. Oh, buddy. It's, um, that's probably an entire podcast, but, uh, no, I mean, the, the enemy wants us to live in fear, guilt, and shame. Those are the three main where he gets us. And, um, and so I was stuck in that guilt and shame every day. I'd wake up and say, Lord, make this taste like bile that I can make this go away. And then, and then at the end of the day, that itch would come and I would scratch it again. And it was, there was always a good day, always a bad day. Um, I had to, um, there was people walking on eggshells around me. My anxiety is through the roof. Um, I'm running this high powered business and we're winning, but at what cost? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a complete jerk, but I'm, I'm driving the business in in a way that's, that's tougher than it needs to be. I'm not flowing uh, in the business. And, and so and my wife knows this stronghold and all these other sins, the, the core, there's a root, but the core was, you know, alcohol would lead me to other wandering eyes. It was all because of alcohol. Those things, all those things have completely gone away once I went on the attack. Um, and dude, there's some, there's some demonic stories that we could go into of different things that happened to me, uh, waking up in a hotel room with a footprint of a bruise on my chest, like it's like bigger than my whole chest. I mean, the enemy said, I got you. Uh, to other different things. So now, man, I walk in, my house is complete freedom. There's no lies. There's no secrets. Um, there's there's uh, no condemnation. It is 100%. My boys were on mission together. We now have mission family values. I mean, uh, we have meaningful conversations. I mean, my my, it's just a, it's a one a complete 180. Not to say I was, and I wasn't a complete train wreck. I held on just enough with a, my wife. And I think a lot of men do that. Just good enough. So, you know, check the box, but we're, we're okay. We're still going to church. I still showed up on Sundays, hung over as all get out, but I was there, um, feeling convicted. Uh, and then, and then would, then that itch again would come about three o'clock and then I would, I'm hiding behind her back. She thinks I've had one or two beers. I've really had six, you know, so no more lies. So there's, there, there's layers upon layers upon layers, but there's so much freedom, um, in, in walking in your purpose, but also, um, living no lies, man, huge. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. I, uh, and I agree with you, you know, if, if the one person that's changed, which it's not one person, right. You, like there, you have readers, you have people like us that are diving into this, that are, um, literally, you know, the, you gave a, an exercise that I'm going to go take my kids to do, uh, the, the football field, yeah. right. The, the, the football field exercise. I was like, I, I was like, just taking notes. I'm like, I'm going to take home. I'm going to take my kids. And, and it actually spurred a conversation. Um, we were, my daughter and I were just downstairs, last night by ourselves uh she was watching the end of a football game and and it, the conversation because i was i was in your book uh she uh, i read her the section about um the in the football section i read her your account of your four buddies who smoke pot yep. and i was just telling her because she's 12 and she's in middle school i'm like hey do any of your friends you know smoke weed and she's like no but they vape and i'm like oh i just read this thing let me read it to you and then i've been wanting to really talk to her about uh, sex 
Yeah. And as from a dad, you know, I wanted to kind of open the doors to that conversation. And that just naturally, I've been thinking about this for weeks yeah. and this section of the book and, and talking about the vaping, talking about smoking weed and then talking. And then I was like, Hey, you know what else, you know what else a lot of these kids at your age are doing that are just, you know, it's shocking to me. They're, they're having sex, you know, and the impacts of that is the long, and it just opened the door to such a natural, easy conversation. And so yeah. I'm telling you, man, like that, that was a, that was something that I've really been trying to work through for probably about a month. Yeah. And, and your book like totally opened a great opportunity to just, uh, it just, it just happened naturally and it was beautiful. And it was a, it was a moment that we had that was, that was great. So I'll tell you, man, it, it is, it is powerful. And I also love your, I think it's alliteration. I don't know. You have the four or the three F's that you just mentioned, but in this book, it's duty, direction and destiny. Yeah. Uh, so I like how you, you add those, but one, one, one question I had, as uh, you know, you talk a lot in your book about manhood, right? And and early in the book, you talk about, you know, the uh, a true spiritual man is on guard. He stands firm in the faith. He's uh, you know, we're men of courage. We we're we're strong, and then we do everything in love. You you, you highlight that, but then you actually have a, a a section later, a chapter later on true manhood. And I, I'm just curious. You know, I think this is something that Stu and I are we're we're, we're very passionate about it. We started the kinetic man because. Uh, we we want to be men of action, right? We want yeah. to recapture manhood. We want to give a message of what a man really is and, and how we live in that power. And and I just want just from you as you are kind of going through this journey and and it, it's it's such a prevalent topic in your book. Yeah. What are some of the things that that just really that that hit you that stood out where we have it wrong? Where society you talk about lies? Where society has driven us in a direction that that I think we are completely. Uh, out of whack with what God intended for men to be. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's uh wow. That's a whole, that's a podcast there too, man. It's, and uh, I've been on a couple radio shows to talk about that. I think, you know, really there's, there's kind of a couple things. The first is the lie that men are believing. And I actually, for, again, it's, this isn't alliteration, but this is just how my brain works. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, not the smartest guy in the world, but I talk about it in the terms of male PMS, and it's the striving for power, money, and status. And that's what the world, that's not even in the book. That's book number three. Um, but it's about power, money, and status. And it's because of pride, materialism, and uh, and selfishness. So you've got those three things that are rooted in, in men. And of course, if there's no basis of faith, I even go a step further and I blog about that. And I talk about those things can be good if they're rooted from a spiritual faith. You have power. The same power that raised Christ from the grave lives inside you. You are rich, but you're not rich in money. You're rich in so much other things. And then you have a status like no other. You were chosen. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. Those are the things that that's real uh, PMS and how men are just been taught this lie that um, it's about um, being a good provider and a hard worker. And look, those are good things. That's not a bad thing. But when that's the root of everything that encompasses you, my, and we could go into fatherlessness is by far where the enemy has us fooled. And my sect of fatherness is fatherlessness is the father who's in the home, but he's not present. And it's because he's consumed with power, money, and status. And he's the provider and he's the breadwinner. And, 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 and that's, that's the lie that we're, we're being, uh, a lot are being fed. And I was me, man, corporate ladder climb. I had never been told no. I was the youngest running the biggest. 
never missed a promotion, never anything. And then I get this calling to write. All of a sudden I miss a promotion. I'm like, okay, this is weird. I have two other um, friends in the industry offer me jobs and just say, it's not if it's when those doors get closed. One of them I've never talked to again, and I'm okay with that. And again, it was all about me trying to manufacture my own way. And then as a man of faith, it's like, no, 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 sit back, sit back and let let some of these things happen. Now, we don't passively wait. We aggressively wait. We take steps of faith. But um, but again, it goes back to um, of, of what uh, the women are, the spiritual heads of our household. Then uh, I think the stats, I'll butcher the stats, man. We can we can tighten them up. But what is it that says, like, if the if the wife is leading the, the, the household? 18% of the family will, will go to church. If the husband's leading, it's like 85, 90%. I mean, I, again, I, I don't know the stats, but it's just a, a, a crazy shift. And we've allowed society um, and these lies to, to permeate our minds. And uh, and we've become weaker in that. And we've got to step up and, and, and go out. Now, there's 52 other things I say in the podcast uh, that are in the uh, in the book about what true manhood is. I mean, really, it's it's knowing your convictions and and not wavering from those convictions. That's probably the probably the biggest thing to take away. Hey, Kevin, have you read the book uh, of Boys and Men by Richard Reeves? I I haven't. Okay, I haven't. it's uh, it hits uh, big time on on this topic, and uh, yeah. it's it's pretty scary, man. Um, where where manhood uh, is, is going and currently where it's at and yeah. the fatherlessness and, and even just the fatherlessness of, of what you're talking about, like you're in the home, but you're really not even present. Um, and I, I, David and I saw that a lot and still do uh, to, to a big part with the industry that, that we were in still in, and, and you, uh, this, you know, the real estate world, the, the, the high achieving entrepreneur, uh, world like this, this role of, of the man in that, like just hustle and grind and make more money and build wealth and buy more complexes. And the number of doors you have is, 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 is your status. And, uh, you know, you know, you say you're doing it for the family, but you never pay attention to the family because you're hustling and grinding from the sun up to sundown. Yeah. Uh, we, we saw that and we kind of fell into it. Uh, a little bit at some point as well, and kind of had these aha moments, you know, when you went through that, when you had, you know, this, this epiphany, this, this calling, um, what did you do to, to turn it around from the sake of, of pruning, right? What did you do to, uh, really make the change that has now been, you know, a blessing to you? Yeah, it's um it was tough, man. I I had to um I had to remove some relationships early, right? So there's cuz you've got me it was it was alcohol abuse as well as people pleasing. And so those two can go hand in hand and I was the guy rallying the troops and I was the fun guy and I was so I I had to take a step back and pull back out of some relationships. I mean, it took me three or four months before I even went and golfed with a couple of buddies. And they, at the end of the game, they're like, all right, you're still fun. You know, it took, it was a, it was kind of like, they were feeling, they were almost like redating me, you know, like, all right, good night. Still cool. He's still funny. He didn't have to be, you know, wasted to have to have a good time. And uh, so a lot of that was just these small shifts. Um, I, I think the morning routine, like they say, how do you, how do you write a book and run a $40 million business? I mean, a $40 million business, that transactions are a thousand dollars a pop. I mean, that's a ton of transactions. And 
it was, I just adjusted 30 to 45 minutes of mind clarity, woke up five, five or five, 15 versus six, clear minded direction, quiet time, uh, stretching, exercise, writing, those things became a part of my flow and my rhythm. And so I had to adjust, um, who I hung out with. I had to adjust, uh, really what I was doing, uh, now. And then I was also serving the ministry that I joined in the uh, regenerate. It's called regeneration. I'm not sure if it's made it yet to, to your neck of the woods, regeneration recovery, big in Texas, kind of growing a little bit um, similar, probably to like a celebrated celebrate recovery. But um, we, I get in through the first three months of the program. They then ask me to co-lead the next nine months. So now I'm not only in the program I'm walking. And so for me, it was like, okay, that was the Lord going, Here's some accountability. Now here's super accountability. And uh, I didn't have that in place barely prior. And, and so those are the three, if I had to take three points away, I had, to, I had to remove some relationships. That's probably pruning as well. They're back. Those are a lot of the relationships are back. Um, I then had to uh, realign my morning routine and have a distinct time block, what I work on. And, and, uh, and then the, the final piece, um, which I'm going blank on here, but the final, the final piece was just realigning and, and going and just go, going forward, man. Yeah. You know, I love the practicality of that. And, and just the, you know, people talk about the, the power of a morning routine, but I think it's so, it's almost cliche at this point because everybody talks about it, but when you really do it, when you really get into it, uh, man, it could be life-changing and, and just absolutely life-giving, right? Like the fact that you, you know, for me, like I'm, I'm very undisciplined going to bed at night. Right. But, but I, that impacts what, what hurts the most is it impacts the next day in, in time that I, that is just coveted time for me is just, you know, my time in the word, my time to, um, you know, whether it's gain clarity and, and do the, the routine that I do in the morning to get, uh, the thing started when I don't do that, man, my day is like, it's just like shot. It's just like, yeah. it's just not a great day. And, and it's, it's, you're, you're almost like I'm looking for areas throughout the rest of the day to, to make up for it. And it never happens. Yeah. So then it's just almost like a, you know, it's just you're a, running a behind, you're, yeah, you're running behind it. And, and this is crazy. I did the math on this. I mean, you waste 10 minutes, every 10 minutes you waste is 60 hours a year. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, 10 crazy. minutes is 60 hours a year. And so how much time do we waste this phone thing. I mean, I, you know, I'm trying to promote a brand and a business and other things. And, and the social media aspect is, is a huge part of that, but man, you can get suckered into that huge. And I, for somebody who was anti now I've got to be in it. And uh, so, yeah, that last piece was serving that accountability and serving is, is huge, man. That that's what, what drives us. So I'm not, it wasn't like I went out on this crazy new journey. It was just a small tweaks. I knew the right way to do things. I just had to make those small tweaks and now it's it's life giving and and like you said I'm off if I'm not uh, you know if I'm if I get off kilter by not ten or fifteen minutes but if I if I sleep until seven thirty for some weird reason it's yeah, I feel backwards man it's crazy yeah. well, if I sleep until seven thirty none of my kids get out are getting off to school and there's a lot of other <laughs> <laughs> hey you know uh, and I would do I want to point out one thing I put it in my notes and I I thought it was hilarious because I you know when I open when I open a book I kind of go through the the contents first. And when I saw the, uh, the name of your chapter, uh, you got to pray just to make it today. I was like, Oh, that's MC hammer. And so I started <laughs> singing it. And, and, but I didn't know, I did not know that that song hit number two on the billboards and you can't touch. This was number eight. I did not realize, like I learned a life changing <laughs> fact in this book, life changing, life changing. <laughs> 
I was I, thinking I that love that come, song, man. I love that. I was song. thinking that that comment would have come from your Belton Tiger boy here, but I'll take it, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, good. That's good. Uh, you, one one thing, kind of going back a little bit. What was the <clears throat> when you talk about practicality and we talk about something? What what was the thing that um, flipped the switch for you for the drinking? Because yeah. I think all of us face right, like whether it's it's porn or you're, you know, you, you, you go into the time, the time suck of Netflix, or you have some addiction that, that you're dealing through. I think we all are just dealing with different phases of addictions to get to be the man that we want to be. But what was the thing, like, what was a very practical thing that helped you get, whether it was, you know, an acknowledgement or something to take action to address that thing that was holding you back? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, that's a hard one because it was it was in the back of my mind forever. Anytime there would be a a call at church to fast for some reason or for a, a new season, everything it was always alcohol. I mean, it was that I write about. I think that the title I call it that one thing and how we all have one thing that's holding us back. It was the thing that was holding me back. It was the only route to the other sins. Um, I didn't thankfully don't struggle with pornography, but if there was ever a time when something was going to go down any sort of that path, alcohol was involved. So I looked at every bad decision, waking up with regrets, waking up, and then you have this bundle with this calling and you got a a wife who's in tears going, this is going to pass on to our kids. And, and she's praying for uh, somebody to speak into me. And that's who Antoine, Antoine was the guy at work who, who, uh, who called me out for having a calling, but not knowing it. So I, you know, there was a lot of, and I guess I'm just stubborn. Honestly, I look back, there was tons of little, little bitty things, uh, that, that drove me into this is that. And then it's like, okay, do I kind of, okay, well, I can just stop for a little bit, but it was the thing for me. And I'm not anti, um, I think there's a place for having a drink and and having a cocktail. I just know for me and how I operate, I'm 100%, uh, full throttle. So I've decided, okay, I'm going to use that for good now. And I'm going to use that to drive and develop men. And now it's become my story. I mean, industry events, people are coming to me and going, I want to do this. I'm sick of this drink. I'm sick of this lifestyle. I'm sick of this. And uh, so there's a lot of people and there's a lot of people also hiding behind their faith, hiding behind um, just different things. So for man, Dave, it, it was it's hard to put kind of that one thing I was it was the it was that condemnation that was completely on me then my brother-in-law joins that uh, regeneration program as a leader that program saved his marriage um, and uh, from addictions and other strongholds he had and I just went in and it was it was a literally one meeting and done I went in there and said I'm in where do I start where do I sign up and that's all all I needed was that nudge Um, and, and I think there's so many of us that are uh, I are trapped and, and go, okay, well, this will eventually get old. When my kids do this or when this happens or this, then I'll stop doing this, man. And then you look up and there's people who are 60, 70, 80 that are drinking five o'clock, four o'clock. They got the shakes. And and that was the path I was on, man. So for me, drastic times call for drastic measures. Uh, maybe that's a little football analogy uh, for me. And and I had to, uh, I had to, I had to change course and get out of that rut. No, I love it. Thank you for that. And, and your transparency. One thing you said that really resonated too just now is, is you, you acknowledge that you're all, you know, all go. Um, I think self-awareness and knowing, you know, I just had a conversation with my wife the other day. I was like, honey, I, I am definitely a, I have an addictive personality, but it's too, it's like too, it's too strange things. Like if I'm like going to commit to like a show, like I have this thing and I'm not a big TV guy, but like, but if I'm going to 
if I'm going to watch something, I'm going to binge. If I'm going to eat a dessert, I'm going to binge. Like if I'm going to, you know, drinking is not, not, not been an issue, but like it's, yeah. it's all the bad things, right? Like if I'm going to work out, I don't binge work out, unfortunately, or I don't binge read. Um, <laughs> but actually I, I, I say that, but I was reading a book that was recommended over Thanksgiving break. And I was reading till two o'clock in the morning yeah. for like five days in a row just to like, cause it was, it was good, but I'm, it's just a, this, this strange trait, but having that conversation with my wife, the point of that is having that conversation with a wife or having a friend that you go to, and you're like, Hey man, I, I have this thing. And just talking about it was, it freed me from, from some very immediate uh, things that I was doing, you know, at home, whether it's staying up into a lot. Cause that, that was, while I was reading a book and that sounds honorable reading till two o'clock in the morning, uh, it, it, it really, it just messes so much stuff up that it's just yeah. not, it's, it's just not where I wanted to be. And I, the, the devil's a wily guy, man. He can use good for bad, right? He can, he can, uh, a lot of things could be twisted. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, man, absolutely. And, and then even my kids, um, you know, I, I have to tone it, I have to pump the brakes. My wife and I just had a conversation this today, like, Hey, you're, we're got so much good, but like, let's bring it down. Like, let's keep it fun. Right. It's still one of my pillars is that, uh, is that we, is that we have a family that laughs and, and so like it, it there's a, that whole thing of I'm sometimes so much, it's like, okay, no wind to pull back. They're 10, they're 10 and 13. They're still boys. They're still learning their way. What's funny. What's not funny. What's appropriate. A lot of crazy talk at the dinner table. So, but, uh, but there's a fine line of, of that. I mean, we want to, I want to instill those values, but at what cost? I still want to be approachable, right? To my kids. My wife calls me out all the time. And you know, <laughs> we talk about, uh, you know, the dads being kind of the, the role models and, um, and my son will fart, right? And he thinks it's like really, really funny. And, and, and my, my, my wife's like, it is funny she, though, dude. Farts are funny. They the never farts really are get funny. old, but it's like, right. She calls me out. She's like, she's learning that from you. She's like, you know, you're the you're the number one role model for uh, for farting. <laughs> yeah, oh, I got. Hey, so many, I, I'm I'm in such a bad place on some of these things. I teach them. I can't. Some of these we can't even say on the air. And <laughs> um, but the the flip side to that is when I have a meltdown, they now use my book against me, and they go, "Hey, what chapter did you write about having a freaking meltdown, Dad?" I'm like, nice. oh. No, I'm sorry. Chapter four. Be, careful. 46, Be careful, right? careful with the good you do. Be careful with the good you do. They're going to use it against you. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, and I just want to correct the record. If God, God created farts. That's right. <laughs> and so God has a sense of humor. And the other night, a kid came into my bed, and he and I and I maybe something happened. And she's like, "There's one of us. There's one other of us in this bed that's laughing. It's not me." And I'm like, "Yeah, but it's hilarious." <laughs> Anyways, yeah, my, my six year old though like thinks it's so funny that he just like he like makes farty noises like all day oh, yeah. long, you know, and, and like he just thinks that's the most funny thing. And like he's like, "Dude, like we're at the dinner table with guests. Like, yeah, stop that's right. There's a time in the place. There's a time in the place. Yeah, there's a fine line, and I teeter on that line." huge yeah yeah was hey, that your question though Stu? was farting that was question? that was not the question but it but okay. it leads to the it leads to the question of so early on in the book you said the ultimate goal of parenting is to plant seeds of greatness in your kids water them with truth and point them to god so he can grow them for his purpose hmm. i love that i love that so much and and it kind of goes back to that book of boys and men and I think for the longest time, men have specifically seen our role as just provider, right? As hard worker, as, as money maker. Um, but I think we need to be more of the role of giving truth into our kids, right? What you said, 
the ultimate goal of parenting is to plant seeds of greatness. Mm. And we can't do that as just the provider, as the hard worker, as the hustler, as the grinder. So what, you know, for our listeners, like, what do we do? Like to, to change that idea of just that one role that we play into more of like the role of speaking truth into our children to plant greatness. Like, how do we do that? Yeah. For, wow. Um, that was a good quote I wrote there, man. I'm proud of myself. It was really good. That was good. That was good. (laughs) I can see it. I can see it in your face too. You're like, Oh man, I should write that down. Oh wait, I did. Oh wait, I did write that down. I nailed that. I nailed that one. Yeah, well, look, we've got an identity crisis at our hands, um, and it starts with the man. I mean, th- there's there's so much stuff, but as a belief, there's two folds on identity, and we could go for days on identity. Um, and I'm no scholar on it, but you got a primary identity and a secondary identity. Primary identity is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. Blah 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 blah. That's your primary identity. Your secondary identity is actually what God, what Christ has called you to do with this one life you get to live. So our goal as a parent is to plant those seed, plant primary identity based on how you live. You're going to have them uh, a spiritual foundation that you build as the father. Second is how do you speak identity into them uh, to their secondary identity because based on their creativity, based on their gifts that God's given them based on that. And it's hard, man, as a snot-nosed 10-year-old, what's you know, what's, what's their identity. And, but again, and that changes and shifts as they grow, as they grow older. Um, But so much of this, it's the man taking care of himself so he can pour out. And the other thing is we think we're, we're in so much blinder mode. We're in blinder mode for today, providing for tomorrow. It's how do we shift into a multi-generational legacy? And that what we're doing today is going to impact tomorrow for years and years and years. Um, and, and because we all know one thing, there's there's um, there's going to be a headstone for all of us one day. It's kind of a day you were born, a day you died. And then there's that dash in the middle. And that's where the impact is made. And so every day it's intentionality. And I don't like to use these as just buzzwords because everybody uses them. Uh, but it's showing up intentional with your kids. Look, I wrote a book that has the word dad in it. I am not a perfect dad. I am, I'm still going through, I've been through three different trainings this year, family teams. I've been through the world needs a father, bringing heaven home training. I've been through, I'm going through the John Tyson's intentional father. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in it, man. And uh, I'm not perfect by any means. Um, I still, my son turned 13 last week. I have not done the football thing that I wrote happening and then we'll do a rite of passage. So it's really starts with the dad um, knowing his identity primary in Christ, secondary uh, for multi-generational impact. And then how does he implement that into his, into his sons and daughters? Yeah. And I want to make one, one point though, because I think a lot of times, like everything you just said and all the things you're doing as a dad, I think a lot of the, those things can be very overwhelming, right? I think it can be overwhelming when you look at the scale and the scope uh, as a dad and how do I, you know, I, I oftentimes will find myself in, in action uh, based on overwhelm, but, but I'll tell you one of the things that you, you also said that's super encouraging and that, that was very practical in my life. Yeah. I've not done the football. I've not done the football thing with my kids. I just read about, I never even thought about that. And it's awesome, but, um, I've never done that, but having that in mind enabled the conversation with my daughter, right? Like it it was a step and I didn't yeah. go out to the football field and I didn't do all the planning. And, and that conversation also took place last night. That, that was last night 
Well, right before that, uh, my daughter's at a friend's house. My young, my, my middle dude was at basketball with my wife and I was with my youngest and I'm like, dude, it's just me and him. You know what? It's so simple. Let's just go get some Dairy Queen. Yeah. Just me and my dude. And I called it a daddy, a daddy Sunday. As soon as you say yeah. daddy date, yeah. any of my kids, they're like, daddy date, this is yeah. amazing. Where are we going to go? And, and they start throwing, you know, he started, he got super excited. It was the, the Dairy Queens right down the street. And, and I had a gift card because it cost me nothing. Yeah. So I just took him and that, that 45 minutes that we spent together was, was magical, right? It cost me nothing. Um, and it was, we weren't doing anything anyways. And it just, and he was doing like, he was being silly. Like he's my shyest guy. He's just doing like, just doing stuff. And we were just having fun. He was blooming. He was blossoming right in front of me. And, and my point to all that is it doesn't have to be varsity every time, right? It can be just, let's go grab an ice cream. I don't even like ice cream. So like, but, but I love my kid. Yeah. And and I'll tell you another thing that, that in your book you talk about, and it's, you know, you mentioned a couple of times giving your kids uh, verses, life verses, um, you know, you got to pray just to make it today. I started um, and I don't do it well. And last night, I, I think I got one of my three kids, but I started praying over them individually instead of doing family like prayer. And it's, it's, it's a, thir- it's not even, thir- it's like, dear Lord, thank you so much. Yeah. That I am Maya's dad, that I'm Noah's dad. Bless them, let them sleep well, right? Yeah. But dude, I was thinking about that and I'm like, man, my parents never, no no fault to my parents, but they never prayed over me, right? Yeah. And so when you talk about the multi-generational stuff, there are very, very small steps we can take that are huge. They're tiny seeds that turn into mustard, you know, yeah. mustard trees. Yeah, man, it used to be the... Uh... The dinner prayer was bless his food quick. The the nighttime prayer was bless the rest, get him out of here. Now, man, I I take it even a step further. I'm like, Lord, I pray that you give them passion for you. Lord, I pray that you give them purpose in their life. I mean, they're 10, they're trying, he's 13. He's just trying to go to bed and he's worried about something silly. And, um, but man, I'm praying that crazy, um, you know, chat life changing prayers, dividing the curtain, bringing heaven home. That's, that's, that's the goal. And uh, Lord, use Keaton to glorify your kingdom and do something so crazy that he can't even create it in his own mind. I mean, those those are the prayers that and that helps with their identity and, and whose they are and who they are and all that stuff as well. So kudos, man. Kudos big time. What, what I love about your book, man, is and, and David's alluded to it as well. Like it's, there's action steps in it. Like there there are things in there that like I have on my to do list. You know, like I, I'm I'm creating. You know, I'm gonna like figure out these life verses for my kids, and I'm gonna have them printed out and like give them to them as like a Christmas present, right? Like those are like you know tactical steps to take, and like there's a there's a huge list of them in your book, and I, and I absolutely love it, man. Um. One of the things that really hit me hard in your book was just just this idea of like these being messy, being ordinary, um, and and figuring out your life purpose, even though we're just messy or ordinary human beings, to go serve our God, right? And like how how do like how do we how do we figure out that purpose? Like how do we figure out what it really is that we've been called to do? Because I think that I think there's so many people in this world that just never do that, right? Like they're they're gonna be you know the 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 real estate investor. They're gonna be the you know the the flooring um, you know executive, right? Like, how do you figure out like what this calling is? Like, how do you figure out 
that you have a bigger purpose to go like serve dads, right? Yeah. It's and here's the biggest thing. There's so much noise, man. The hardest so thing much is noise. We even believers, we there's so much one-sided prayers. We're calling out even even good prayers, man, calling out to the king, the creator of the universe, but then we don't listen, right? There's so much noise, so much noise. So you got to listen. Uh, the Lord told me to wait. So I waited, but I wasn't passively waiting. I was pursuing those things. And then um, I, I, I went through, um, I've, um, there's a book called Identity Exchange from Jamie Winship. And Jamie was a guy who came to our church and uh, years ago and spoke. And um, it's about listening prayer. And, and it's also about some people um, have different things that they've called it. But look, I, I write about that early in the book about my son dressing up in women's clothing and, and how I was freaking out. And I had some people telling me, you got to man him up. And he's a four-year-old, three-year-old. Right. And so I went into this mode of, I pictured myself sitting next to a river and Jesus sitting right next to me and weeping willow tree. I mean, a picture I have in my house, in my room of the future of where I one day want to want to live. And Christ was sitting next to me. And, uh, and really it's clearing the voice of the enemy. Lord, there's no room for the voice of the enemy. May your voice be louder than the enemy's voice. May it clear the room. And then I asked him, tell me what you want me to know about my son. And dude, I'm getting chills telling it. I, in a, in a voice of like the Lord's coming back for his people. He said, I don't make mistakes. And I never again questioned my son, his identity, who he was, um, he's a child of God. So, so again, it goes back to your identity question is a lot of times we don't, we're not listening. We're, we're, we may love the Lord, but we're not giving him that opportunity to speak to us. It may, um, I sit in this chair. He called me a leader of dads. Um, I said, Lord, what is the one thing you want me to know right now about dad voted? And he said, you're a leader of dads. Well, first of all, I'm not arrogant enough to call myself a leader of dads. And dude, the snot and the tears, I went and woke my wife up. It's like five something in the morning. I'm like, I'm a leader of dads. And, uh, and, uh, and she's <laughs> like, what awesome. are you freaking talking about? And I was like, the Lord I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> the Lord just told me I'm a leader of dads. And so again, finding your idea, the, the creator of the universe wants to talk to you. He wants to tell you these things, but there's, we are, uh, we're buried and busy. Uh, too many distractions. I keep my phone on silent or do not disturb from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. I don't unless I'm looking up a verse. It's it's far, far away. Um, we're buried and busy. We don't let him speak to us. And then we are holding too much anger and resentments um, that we need to release some of these and unforgiveness. A lot of this stuff, the Lord's trying to speak, but the enemy is such a freaking beast, man. And so I know that's a very churchy answer, Stu. I don't know if that hits it, but uh, but the identity exchange uh, or um uh, uh, Jamie Winship. Um, uh, it's yeah. called Living Fear. Living Fearless is the book. Sorry, Identity Exchange is his uh, is his ministry, but um, it's called Living Fearless. And man, it's yeah. it's a it's a stout stout read. My wife just read it, and he called her counselor, and so she's going to get her master's. I mean, that helps me make a thirty thousand dollar decision. Do I spend thirty thousand dollars for a forty one year old woman to go back to school with already has a Baylor degree? And the Lord calls her counselor. I go, where's the, give me the checkbook. Let's do this thing. That, that, those are the things that helps you make those um, obedient decisions when you know who's speaking to you. I love that. And that, that chapter I had, I had not heard. I think there are two things that stuck out in that chapter. One was the listening prayer. And I, I found that to be fascinating. Three things stuck out. Sorry. That uh, two, that, that couple 
uh, and and now that she's in heaven, but they were both Chris, right? Because yeah. Chris and her yeah. short name, Chris. Um, and and just a beautiful story that you told about about her and and her journey and and ultimately now being with with uh, now being at home. Yeah. Um, and then the third was. I was curious because Stu still oftentimes dresses up as a, as a woman. So I'm, I'm, but, but there's still a lot of, there's a lot of hope. In there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, you know, identity that he, um, you know, that we, that we embrace and love about him. You're so kidding. funny, dude. You're so well, funny. I, I thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I appreciate you recognizing that about me. I, I might need a kinetic man retreat to, to see all this. I don't know. Hey man. Yeah. We're, we're actually, we're going to be on a conversation about when the next one is going to be. So love to love to have you out for one. But hey, man, I, I just looked at the clock and I was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this time has absolutely flown. And I want to honor your time as well. Yeah. Um, but, dude, I just want to encourage you. You know, I talked about it, mentioned a couple things, but but I know I am not I am by no means the exception to uh, a read of your book that that takes uh, action and 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 um that does things in the home for, uh, you know, Stu mentioned it too. And I, you know, the section we talked about the verses, I was like, man, I really like, I want to put that up in my house. And and I think in, at, to end your book, you said for, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Like, yeah. I was like, Oh, what a beautiful thing to like have plastered on the wall. As soon as people walk in, I mean, there's so many things that your book intentionally or unintentionally that you are absolutely serving God, that you are absolutely helping men to uh, not only recapture manhood, but the implications that that has generationally and for our sons and our daughters. And if we're living our best, fullest uh, man of God life, that the impacts that that has are are huge and they're significant. And so I just want to encourage you to continue writing books, to keep Amen. with the, you know, I, my, my prayer is that dad voted absolutely blows up and that um, you are affirmed as a leader of dads because awesome. it is a, it is, is well-earned and and it's a, it's a beautiful title, but again, it's just, it's a calling, right? It's, it's, it's where Jesus has called you and, and uh, what a, what an amazing message, man. Such a great yep. conversation. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. And and you guys uh, are studs. Thank you for serving our country, man. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, love what you're doing for men. Love that you're challenging men to be just a little bit better. We're not asking for crazy. We're asking for just a little bit better so that we can be better versions and and that will pour out of us and pour out and into our kids into our families into our community and, and we can change this world man it's we're not it's not far yeah. off especially we're partnering with the creator of the universe which is freaking unbelievable so amen brother amen hey where do we send people to go get your book and uh, and go you know learn more about dad voted yeah absolutely uh the book's out on uh amazon for those who like two clicks um, I got a, a ton of inventory uh, that my wife tells me about quite a bit. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you don't want, if you want to pay four bucks for shipping, I've got uh, dadvoted.com as a, has a store as, as well. Um, I'm heavy on LinkedIn uh, posting. And, and so follow me on LinkedIn under my name, dad voted in all those things. I'm, I'm trying to build that, that following and that network, but, uh, and then, and also still live an intentional life and get after it. So yeah, find the awesome. book. Uh, there's a study guide as well, free uh, study guide to download on the website. So that way men can go through the book seven weeks with um, with uh, gr another group of guys. So that's uh, something that as well. Well, we'll put that in the show notes for sure. Um, you know, David and I have, have absolutely loved reading the book uh, and uh, it's been a blessing, man. Um, guys and gals, go get the book. Check out Kevin Link him on uh, LinkedIn, link with him on LinkedIn, connect with him on LinkedIn uh, and uh, let's all go take action to be better dudes, better men, better dads. Take action.
see it. Take action. Love it. And uh, especially because we're dad voted podcast, Maya, Jacob, Noah, I love you. Love you dearly. Collins and Wells, I love you as well. Awesome. See you. See you. Hey, before we let you go and tackle the day, uh, we wanted to tell you about uh, a new product coming out called The Manifesto. It's a newsletter. It's free. It comes out twice a month. And uh, we give actionable steps, insights, and inspiration uh, to help you on your journey to becoming a better man. Um, we aim to be the highest value per minute email in your inbox every time. So uh, go check it out. Uh, you can go to thekineticman.com backslash newsletter. Again, that's thekineticman.com backslash newsletter and sign up for the manifesto. It is going to be awesome. See you. Thank you for listening to the Connect Man podcast. If you are growth-minded, community-focused, and willing to take uncommon action to redefine success and live an abundant life, visit our website at www.thekineticman.com to see all the ways we could connect. And on our website, you can find more information on everything we're doing, like joining our meetup page to get the details on our webinars and our local Thursday gatherings here in Colorado. From our site, you can also find more information on and sign up for the next Kinetic Man Retreat and the next house of our mastermind group. Finally, we always appreciate your love and support. Please share this episode and go rate us on your favorite podcast player of choice. Thank you again. Now go take uncommon action.